Welcome to the Value Investor TV podcast. This is the podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. My name is Beko, and today uh, in this episode, we have our special guest, Sonal Shah. Welcome again to the podcast. Hello. Hello, Biko. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so uh, if you guys haven't listened to the first episode where we talk about uh, Sonal's background, his kind of mental checklist, mental schema that he goes through, his commentary on the market condition with QE, and uh, lastly, very importantly, his take on the Indian market as a whole, please check that out before you listen to this episode because I think it'll provide a lot of context to the company that we're about to talk about, which is Ebex. So please do check that out before you listen to this one. Just a quick background, uh, Sonal, um, on, on Sonal. He, uh, you know, he's been a fund manager for a while. Uh, he now lives in Cape Town. He's, as I mentioned in the first episode, he's a true Renaissance man, uh, writing novels uh, now, uh, also writing premium content on Seeking Alpha. That's that's where you you can find him. Um, you know, obviously he does uh, you know, investing uh, with his own money. Uh, now, but he has a lot of experience, uh, you know, managing other people's money as a fund manager and emerging market, also in the U.S. assets. So, uh, it's 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 a it's a true pleasure to have him on our, our podcast to Thank especially you. to to talk about this very exciting company that we both are interested <laughs> in. And that that is our mutual interest. That's how we got connected uh, first on Seeking Alpha. And by the way, just a quick plug on on Seeking Alpha and Sunnel's work. I think you guys should all check out Seeking Alpha. Uh, it's a it's a good website. It's a great website where people like Sunnel, who is you know super interested in investigating these different companies, write fantastic articles. You guys really should go check it out. Uh, I think it's a fantastic platform. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I strongly recommend Seeking Alpha to people interested in investing. Great. That was a kind of long-winded introduction, but uh, again, Sonal, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay. So in this episode, we are talking about Ebix. You know, as I mentioned earlier, this is a company that you and I are both interested in, Sonal. And, you know, for me, I think it's a fantastic business that has tremendous amount of moat. I think it really checks off all the boxes for me and in my checklist. And I think it does for you as well, except maybe a couple of things which we will talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, the one that's missing is the, the 20 bagger on the checklist, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there here uh, shortly. But, um, you know, you know, in this podcast, we go through a checklist, right? We go through a checklist, uh, and and your commentary on checklist in the previous episode was really on point. It's not a checklist of like, you know, very mechanistic way of filtering out companies. This is more of a mental schema that we use to go through a you know go through a company so that we don't you know miss anything. Uh, but these are yeah, sort of uh, more high level abstract, abstraction of ideas. Yeah, yeah. and so. On top of the checklist, we always ask the question, can you explain the business in the simplest terms? And can you explain to me competitive advantage? That's that's the first on the checklist. So I'm going to toss okay. it over to you, Sonal, uh, to explain okay. to the audience what Ebix does and why, uh, you know, what sort of competitive it's advantage they have. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, Ebix started in the US. It's like a 40-year-old company which has grown into the dominant insurance exchange in the U.S. market. Um, what does an insurance exchange mean? So when you buy a life policy or a, a car insurance policy or um, uh, a, health, a health program, 
you you will go to many agents and those agents will go to many carriers and you know you will fill out all your details and then you will take the best quote um what ebix did was automate a large part of that process so that when when a quote is being made to you you would just have one generic form that you'd fill out and ebix's um it would extract the relevant details from your form for the particular insurance carrier that that form was being redirected to um things like your x-ray would be archived in one place your you know health checks so that that information was accessible and convenient um for all parties so so you you know in, insurance is a very disintermediated um industry so you've got agents you got maybe have an agent of an agent uh, in a brokerage uh, then you might have the insurance carrier behind it um and there's a hell of a lot of duplication of you know information and rewriting of forms or whatever um at the end of the day you would then have a monthly premium that you would have to pay for your life policy or your health program and this would all be automated on the ebix exchange so ebix would just take a commission for the transactions that went through its exchange and it's become the dominant player in America and one of its key strengths is that uh, the the heavy duty IT work of integrating the legacy insurance um um IT systems you know which developed over years probably incompatible kind of data in uh, discrete silos ebix would go in there and unify that it um back office uh, middle office provide a crm front office um and 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 it it had the it brain power the heavy lifting capability because of its um farm of software engineers in india which probably paid 30 or 40% of the us equivalent so they they created a wonderful niche um to earn 30% operating margins in the us you had a very acquisitive ceo where once you have the platform um you can then buy um discrete businesses take their clients integrate them into your system cut costs um and so you could um pay uh for a, a small insurance company with its you know uh, uh policies its customers integrate it into your system uh, and slowly ebix both by virtue of its in a technological moat and by virtue of the fact that it kept getting scale by buying smaller unlisted companies or um and integrating them cutting costs it became the dominant exchange it's run by an indian guy who's who who had a, a an amazing track record and ebix was one of the in fact it, by the end of 2017 this is a bit, a bit of a personal brag um i had like one of, i i think my track record was in the top decile the top 10% of fund managers and hedge fund managers um um big and and a large part of that was ebix going from um 12 to 80 
uh, in which I had like a 20% stake, which at the end, it started off, you know, being smaller, but that was a primary reason for my excellent performance. Uh, conversely, when Ebix tanked, um, that detracted from my performance. So, so up to about 2017, um, although there's no public data because I'm not a, you know, registered fund manager, um, soliciting clients, I, Ebix was a great, um, a contributor to my excellent performance. Uh, and then the chapter two is when Ebix collapsed, which we're going to talk about now. Um, that took down my performance with it. But as I said, still on my checklist, I still think this could be a multi-bagger. That's still the checklist uh, tick that I need to fill out on my my form. Ebix looks like a company that could do incredibly well. And why? Well, they have this amazing IT um, expertise. They have automated an insurance exchange and they are now deploying that skill set into India, which is now in the process of digitizing a primarily cash economy. So Ebix has all the attributes to become one of the payment gateways in India. Um, and, and, and there lies the, the future potential. So having, because do, do you want to now talk about the, you know, the rise and then the fall? You know, uh, yeah. Let me just, yeah, I think that was a great, that was a great introduction to Ebix. Let me just quickly summarize what you said there, Sonal, um, just, sure. just so that people understand where, where we're going here. So Ebix, again, it's an American company based out of Georgia, uh, that, you know, that, that has kind of, you can think about it in two-part business, you know, two segments, largely two segments. Exactly. One is the insurance exchange business. There's like, you know, there's the consulting business attached to it. But but let's just say this is, there's one business called insurance exchange. And then the other other business, which what Sonal is talking about, which is the Indian business, Abix Cash business. And so there's two, two, two businesses to it. And the insurance business is where really Robin, uh, who is a CEO, really cut, his, cut his teeth and really showed to the world that he can do great things uh, with the yeah. Indian talent over, over in India, the tech talent over in India. And so, and, and, and as a great CEO as well, in identifying opportunities, buying cheaper, unlisted companies, he had an excellent track record. I think in 2017, Fortune um, uh, gave Ebix, uh, you know, the uh, award of one of the fastest growing companies in America, uh, the, uh, the yeah. top 10 fastest growing companies in America. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, very, very promising insurance exchange business. It has a huge moat. Uh, again, as Sonal talked about, it's stitching together all these legacy systems and it's so embedded into the operation of these insurance uh, insurance brokers so that it's super, super mission critical piece of software that everyone needs to have if you want to participate in the insurance business. And so huge mode. And, and huge once mode you that- once you have it, sorry, once you have it, right, you, you're stuck. You're not going to reinvent your entire legacy insurance system right you are then captive to ebix as a client sorry important point absolutely no absolutely i think you know one of the things that we talk about in this podcast is what are different types of competitive advantage you know we talk about moat uh different types of moats of brand network effects switching costs low cost 
switching costs in this case is extraordinary. It's just like exactly. you know, on, it's just like you know when you are banking with a particular bank, it's really hard for you to switch to a different bank because all your stuff is in there, all your documents in there exactly. is in there. Exactly. It's exactly the same way here with an insurance exchange railway. Once you have it in there, it's super difficult to rip that out and replace it with another one. And so inherently, there's a tremendous amount of moat built into the business itself. And it's B2B business, yeah. recurring revenue, all the good stuff. Exactly. That's the first business yeah. so, that we're so, talking about here, the legacy yeah. business. Yeah. So in that insurance exchange business, 80% of the revenue is repetitive business, right? So once you tie that carrier in, all its monthly premium for all its customers go through your insurance exchange and you get your commission each month thereafter. Exactly. And and then just to point out one of the reasons, uh, some of the recent development, you know, they signed, uh, Ebix just signed with uh, JP Morgan uh, to, to expand their operation. It's, so it's not like a dying business or, or anything like that. It is growing business. Uh, and so the, yeah. we call it legacy business here, but still, it, it is still growing. There's lots of room to grow, even in the insurance yeah. exchange side. But what is even more yeah. interesting is a second business that Sonal mentioned, right? Which is the expansion to India, this e-train to Mumbai that I'm I'm on board and and, and many other people as well, including yourself, Sonal. Um, so the, se- the second, Last the second bucket. India. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, just to Go set the frame, frame for our audience, just to set the frame for our audience. So these are two businesses we're, we're talking about. Okay, so we go on. Sorry, Biko. Yeah, so so oh, oh. if you could quickly touch a little bit more on the second second business, I think I think as I mentioned earlier uh, uh, to you guys, if you guys haven't listened to the first episode, I think it's critical that you do. Because I think that is going to provide a lot of context to what we're going to talk about here. The second part of the business, the second business, the second segment, Ebix Cash, it's really tapping into into the three hundred million, you know, middle class, all, all that stuff that we talked about in the previous episode. It's exactly yeah. the thesis is playing out yeah. here. Um, so, yeah. so, can you give us a little bit okay, more color so- on the second part of the business? Sure, sure. The color will be primarily brown, as in being Indian. No. Um, so the first part of the business, right, is your captive insurance market. The second part is the hundred bagger, if successful, okay, which is Ebix deploying its IT experience to become a payment gateway in India. And as we, I'll just, uh, in, in two lines, India was primarily a cash economy in 2017. They demonetized the entire economy to make it a digital economy. So we have this 1.4 billion people um, subcontinent, which, which, which is going from cash, which was informal and untaxed, to a digital economy. And Ebix wants to be one of the payment gateways for the e-commerce, e-commercialization of India. Okay, so this uh, um, digital E-commerce is growing at an exponential rate, right? It's growing at like 80% sequentially per month um, as the um, economy grows and as the cash economy has basically disappeared. Um, So Ebix is going to use its formidable IT skills, the 
you know, CEO always considers himself, I'm, you know, an Indian. I'm first an Indian and then I have an American passport. Um, uh, he, he, he was a very good operator in, in the U.S. in buying cheap businesses, integrating them, cutting costs. It had all the attributes to be very successful in India. And India had just opened up as a gold rush, okay? You, it, it was an open field. So in 2017, Ibex went into India. They took out a checkbook and they bought numerous businesses, right? There's like, they created huge waves um, in the Indian market because suddenly there was this Indian American who was just buying little businesses. Now, for, for example, Forex, okay? You probably know Indians go abroad to work. They, they go to the Middle East. They go to um, Japan, wherever they go, and they send their money back home. Okay, so there's all the Forex. Ebix went and bought 80% of the Forex kind of bureaus in India so that um, all that revenue would come through the Ebix channel and he consolidated them. Um, so now something uh, he consolidated airports. So when you land in India um, and I think in the 12 international airports, Ebix has a Forex bureau in 10 of them. Um, it's become a dominant. Um, channel for foreign exchange gift cards are when you um you know get a coupon from somebody or you give somebody a present it bought a, a gift card company called itz uh which kind of formed the basis of its e-wallet um it bought a a travel company um to become you know like uh, online booking for your holiday for business conventions for your air ticket so it it started buying out a number of businesses uh, and um, two things basically happened, okay? Two bad things happened. One, they started taking their focus off the U.S. So the U.S. business, was, I thought, was impregnable. It, was, it, it had a great moat. It was doing really well. But for three years, you had slightly lower revenue year on year, 2 or 3% down rather than up, right? So Because they determined. The CEO and the whole focus of the business was now India. And, and I think they neglected the U.S. legacy business. Um, secondly, the CEO bought businesses in rapid fire and I don't think integrated them well, nurtured them well. Often the founders of the business he bought, which was the main kind of asset that, that was being purchased, walked out the door. Um, so we had a number of big problems in India, right? Um, then a major booby was Ebex decided to appoint an unknown obscure auditor in India rather than a top 50 US firm. For This was just outrageous, okay? It, 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 I, I was so few, I had an amazing relationship with, management and IR until they they announced this. On that day, I think it was sometime in 2018, the share price fell 50% in a day. I mean, India is renowned for, you know, lax rules and dodgy accounting. And they had now hired an Indian auditor to, for its international businesses, including the US, which I deemed to be uh, 
free pass in massaging all the dodgy acquisitions and problems that Ebex might have encountered during their uh, buying spree in in India. Okay, um, that's when my relationship with Ebex started to deteriorate. <laughs> when I said, "How dare you hire some sweatshop of a masala chai auditor above you while he sits there and massages the auditor massages your your toes?" Are you stupid or are you just dumb? You know, this is just a ridiculous decision to make. And and sure enough, the share price fell by 40 or 50% on that day. If you look at the a chart, you'll see you sit sometime in 2017, 2018. Um, so more problems started to emerge, right? In the sense that many of the businesses he bought, the founders left. Ebix America, the, the legacy business was one business, okay? And it was a question of adding things into an existing platform. Now in India, you had um, foreign exchange, gift cards, holidays, um, a whole host of different businesses. And I don't think the CEO knew how to integrate and nurture different divisions, right? One of my recommendations recently has been to hire a chief operating officer that would, you know, whose sole task would be to integrate and nurture the talent and businesses that were brought in. So we're now at a point where EBIS has, has collapsed. Um, they, the, the biggest folly was in just, I think, last year, 2019. They, they, want, they already had a travel brand and they, they, they decided in their infinite wisdom to buy Yacha, which was the second largest travel brand in, in India, for $358 million. Um, that company is now on the verge of suspension after the EBIX bid failed, um, and it's close to $30 million. And I said, this is the most ridiculous decision to try and buy Yacha. Um, you have a travel brand. You need to um, uh, approach Yacha's clients. Yacha is not capable of being a standalone entity. It will never make, it never has, and it never will make a profit. Um, it is a company in trouble. You don't need to spend $358 million uh, to buy it. Um, get their clients, show their clients that you have a better holistic solution than Yatra, they'll come to you. Um, uh, I was right. You know, the, the uh, Ebex lost you know, another 30% of its market cap um, as as this deal uh, was, was on the cards. I wrote an article saying, you know, uh, Ebex should walk from Yatra if shareholder interests prevail. And sure enough, they, at the end of the day, they didn't buy it um, because Ebex's share price collapsed um, uh, and that, that, that they, they simply couldn't afford it. They, committed to buying it for $350 million, and Ebix's entire market cap had fallen from $2 billion to something like $400 million. Um, and that was at the low point, which is, uh, it got from, I think, went 90 down to $10 from 2018 to um, nine, $8 to $9 a few months ago, this year, this year. Okay, so that was a massive 80 90% destruction in shareholder capital. Um, yet, therein lies the opportunity because we still have a formidable CEO who, who, who 
has been extravagant. You know, there's one thing about India is how Bollywood infiltrates the psyche of Indians, right? And I think Bollywood went to the CEO's head. That that may be why he doesn't want to talk to me because I wrote that publicly. <laughs> um, and um, I I think he was, you know, his 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 lust for fame and um being part of the celebrity set the 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 glitterati in india he kind of lost his judgment and he's made some bad decisions he's let some he overpaid for businesses didn't integrate them well uh the founders have left uh but we still have the skeleton of an incredibly powerful story uh with a few distinct branches in e-commerce in india and you are getting that at a bargain basement price so after all the problems and the current state where you know investor trust has been lost um i also suggested that they should replace the board of directors uh because they seem like crony spineless yes sir yes boss men who did not provide the oversight that the ceo needed to you know harness his talents but to constrain his stupidity or his narcissism um and and um i i'm still hoping that will eventually happen that they will hire a chief operating officer to you know d- deal with the nitty gritty detail of integrating businesses that are bought and they will have a stronger uh board of directors which will provide effective oversight for example that auditor decision you know is just insane you know the board of directors ought to have stopped that in its tracks and you know and it lost ebix 80% of its value mm-hmm. um so so that's kind of where we are now becker do you want to jump in here yeah so let me let me jump in here really quick there's a lot to talk about here so on the on the second part again continuing on on our thread of you know exploring and adding color to the second part of the business what i really found interesting so when i first look at looked at this uh, this business the second part of the business the ebix cash business is really their unique approach in entering into the digital space you know arena uh, robin arena calls it the physical the physical approach the you know purchase of the the its cash i think it was a brilliant move in fact going into the, the you know every corner of, of 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 india and having all that physical presence meanwhile also yeah. providing this digital experience i think was the right move and so i think you know that yeah. first intrigued me and i think it's that still holds i think that thesis still holds that that is yeah. going to be the winning strategy um couple things that you want you mentioned here a uh, bunch of acquisition they took out their checkbook and you know was on hiring spree basically for a couple of years um but a couple of things that you mentioned i just want to iterate on founders walked out so the lack of um you know sitting with the companies and actually integrating to integrating them to their infrastructures and culture and nurturing and tying the them in tying them in not just paying them out giving them share options that you know mature in 5 years for example things like that Exactly. So the, the, the founders walking out, um, making that auditor choice. Um, I think that was the big one. And then you also talked about sort of lack of focus and Yatra and 
and and and some of the some of the things that you talked about there. So, um, you know, what is really promising for me is again, you talked about the valuation, the valuation at this point with all the structures and infrastructures in place to really take it to the next level with focus and 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 energy. And I think the potential is really at at, at its current value. I think is uh, yeah. I think yeah. it's phenomenal. Yeah. I, I did I did a simple like conservative valuation, right? Because you still have that legacy business. They just won JP Morgan as a huge um, um prestigious client in America. So that division seems to have been, you know, repaired. Just that division I value at one point five billion dollars. Um and using the proxies in India, um there's a company called Make My Trip, which is just travel, and a lot of its businesses re- revenue is just air t- airline ticketing. Um, they they've never made a profit. Okay, Ebix Cash is profitable with twenty percent margins, so their price to sales ratio, money Make My Trip, would be like a very a floor, a conservative floor to the valuation of Ebix Cash, and and. Adding those two, you get $89 per share for Ebix. And the current price, which was at $9 about three months ago, is now $30. Um, but you still got an easy two-bagger, um, you know, uh, that, that could manifest itself next week. Then you have the kind of Indian story, right, which, which, which is further upside. But at the moment, in my opinion, the base conservative valuation is $89 a share and the current price is about $30, $35 a share. Mm-hmm. I do want to talk about a couple things on on kind of uh, the company as a whole. And I just want to go through these check uh, checklist items here. And I think we should approach this in two part, just like we do, just like we did up, up here, two part, uh, meaning, you know, we should talk about these questions in, in the context of the first business, the legacy business, and also in the Evix Cash business. And so one of the thing, one of the things that we'd like to ask in the first part of the episode is the capital reinvestment re- requirement, right? So the classic return on equity, return on invested capital. Um, so take us through how you're thinking about uh, okay. this company yeah. as as it pertains to you know the requirement to put in more capital to maintain its business and to grow this business. So, in uh, okay. two part answer, if you could. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So. Let, let's go to the uh, the legacy U.S. insurance business first. You've got the moat. You've got the platform. You've got the IT expertise in India that integrates all the new companies, uh, any new insurer carrier that they are uh, they win. Uh, so you've got massive incremental revenue for little cost because you've already got the kind of cost base um, installed. Okay. It's recurring revenue. Like once, so once your insurance carrier is on, the revenue of your monthly premium goes through the EBIX exchange every month, and EBIX gets a commission every month from from your life policy. Um, return. So the margins on the US business are thirty percent. That that is very good. The operating margins. Okay, so. Uh, you, you won't find many businesses except, you know, um, the old Microsoft office or um, Facebook maybe where you have such high operating margins. 30% operating margins is very impressive. 
um, and they can maintain that um, because of their cost base in India and the fact that they've installed the platform. Um, so the return on capital is, is I, I can't quote it off the top of my head, but I'm, I'm, it, it's very attractive. Um, they are using capital efficiently. Um, they had, they've hardly issued any shares, even through this massive buying binge in India. Uh, the, the share count hasn't suddenly, you know, rocketed. They're not just issuing shares uh, to fund new businesses. Uh, they took on quite a lot of debt in India, $700 million to be precise. Uh, but it, it, it generates a lot of cash. The return on capital is, is good. Even in India, right, where virtually every e-commerce uh, uh, um, company is generating losses. You know, the, the, phone, the phone companies, the... Um, what are some, what can I, uh, sorry, lost my train of thought here. The tourism companies, um, they're all generating losses. EBIX is generating a profit. So the, the proxies like make my trip that I mentioned is, it, it loses $150 million a year, uh, has minus 30% margins. Um, EBIX says cost discipline. Uh, Rain always says, I, I think my job is very simple. I sell higher than my buy price. What I buy, I must sell at a higher price um, to make a profit. India is notorious for giving away freebies, coupons, you know, um, first three months of um, membership free, um, uh, hotel nights at massive discounts, Um EBIX does not do that, okay? There is very good discipline for this company to be generating 20% margins, even through COVID, right? Where obviously the economy, you know, came to a virtual standstill. Um, the, 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 there was still some activity, gift cards, people wanted to stop using cash, touching dirty notes, touching an ATM machine. Uh, so a lot of business gravitated towards their payment gateway. Um, and and it accelerated the whole digitization of India. So I have no qualms about the profitability of their asset base. Okay, they have not issued shares. It's a tiny dividend, but in terms of capital allocation, I am happy with the company. Great. I think I think that was a great summary. Uh, just to kind of round out this this episode. Uh, talking about sort of more uh, high-level qualitative uh, aspect of the company and going to, into moat, uh, just round this out. Uh, one of the last things that we'd like to ask uh, in this segment is, does the company have favorable relationships with the following? In other words, does the company have any red flags when it comes to relationships with customers, suppliers, employees, regulators, and community? Yeah. So I'll ask you that question uh, also in two-part if you could answer this uh, this question in two part answer. Okay, great. Okay, so let's just go first to the American US business. Um, does it have a good relationship with its customers? Yes. Most of its customers are the large insurance carriers. Um, they're increasing their penetration. Um, do they have a good relationship with the regulators? There was talk about them being uh, 
investigated by the SEC for money laundering. Um, that was, I think, around 2009-10, but it seemed like uh, uh, a, a short hedge fund manager's smear campaign. Nothing came of it. Um, uh, another very important relationship is, you know, the auditor, I would say. And, um, uh, they changed auditors, which is a terrible mistake. Uh, but that's reverted now back to uh, a, a top 20 or 50 global. It's not one of the big four, but it is the top one of the top 20 global auditors in the world. Uh, I think it's called RSM. Um, uh, one more thing that I've just thought. Another thing I would say, relationship, you know, you have to have a good relationship with the institutional fund managers. Okay, that's very important for a listed company as well. That's one relationship. Once you have a listed company, you have two products. You have your product and you have your share price and you have to manage both. Um, so the lots of roster names on their um, shareholder listing, Vanguard, Fidelity, BlackRock, um, they, they, are, they are known um, successful players. Mm-hmm. Sorry, does that answer your question? On the, on the other side, uh, the India side, um, as I said, lots of problems, um, which which I think have been recognised. You know, before they, when I when I when my relationship with them first started deteriorating, it was me questioning them, and they would just brush off. Meaning, you know, no, no, that's not true. Well, we're not worried about that. But now there is definitely an acknowledgement that. They need to bed down acquisitions. They need to integrate them. Um, they've hired a new auditor. Um, they are becoming a brand name in India. Um, uh, Ebex Cash, because of his, that Beko mentioned, 300,000 retail shops crossing the subcontinent is a great uh, uh, distribution channel and brand uh, awareness uh, icon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just to kind of round this out, a couple of questions since you mentioned marketing and kind of brand recognition. Um, and we'll talk about this more in the second part of this. Uh, uh, but the the EBIX IPO and it's it's the marketing campaign around it. Um, yeah. you know, having oh, EBIX, Cash, yeah. EBIX Cash logo on jerseys uh of the cricket games and also having like ebix branded republicans uh, republic republic studio yeah exactly yeah i think those are all the efforts that are happening right now to kind of turn this ship around and and have a very successful uh ebix ebix cash ipo um but um great uh i think that kind of rounds out some of the stuff that we want to talk about the first part of this ebix ebix focused uh, episode uh, thank you guys for listening and thank you, Sonal, for participating and leading the discussion. If you guys would like to follow uh, Sonal's work, please, again, uh, go to uh, SeekingAlpha.com and look for Sonal Shah, S-U-N-I-L-S-H-A-H. Uh, look for him on uh, on Seeking Alpha. Um, and uh, again, um, thank you guys for listening and, and stay tuned to uh, to kind of talk about the management, talk about evaluation, and uh, and again, kind of the EBIX Cash IPO more in detail in the second part of this episode. 
Yeah, thank you. I just, you know, you, you can't reduce a company analysis to a checklist. I mean, if that were possible, you know, a computer would be doing it for all of us. So these kind of webinars, podcasts are, are key if you want to understand investing because each story is indeed different, you know, and it, you have to get into the detail um, to understand, you know, the, the worth of a company and whether you want to invest in it. So I think, I think this, this kind of uh, format on this channel is, is, is an excellent one. And um, yes, I wish you well in your, burgeoning investment career <laughs> all right talk, um i'll talk to you guys in the next episode thanks guys